The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Welcome in Stacking the Box, week seven in the books, and we are ready with a big episode for you. Demarcus Lawrence of your Dallas Cowboys is going to be on the program. Mark Ingram is going to be here from the Ravens. Matt Verderam, you are here. Jeff Schwartz, I've never seen you look as good as you look today. It looks like that hair is fresh and ready to roll. Let, let's find out, team. We're seven weeks in here, and we got a 7-0 Patriots team and a 6-0 Niners team. And then we got a bunch of 5-1s and ones and the Bills and the Packers, and then the Saints are 6-1. and one. But the question is out there. Is there really a dominant good team in the NFL? Jeff, let's start with you. I mean, how do you size it up right now when – Perhaps there is no great team in the league this year. Well, the answer is the Patriots, of course. I, they're, they're, there's no changing in that. What their defense is doing is amazing. I know they play nobody. I get it. But look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys played the Jets in, in MetLife, and the Jets beat them, right? Last night we saw the Patriots suffocate the Jets. We saw them do it all year to every single team. They're suffocating teams. Now they added Mohamed Sanu, which will help their offense out. The Patriots, to me, are for real. On the NFC side, Two teams, in my opinion, the Saints, because of their running game on their offensive line, their defense, and Breeze is coming back at some point, and the Packers. Look, the Packers, defensively, best they've had in a long time. They've actually beaten some good teams so far, which is unlike a lot of teams in the NFC. And offensively, they're getting better each and every week, which is super important when you have a new offensive coordinator. So to me, it's those three teams that are really legit. I think the Chiefs are legit too, but... We'll have to see what they look like when Mahomes gets back. Vernon, where are you at here? Yeah, look, Jeff and I are on similar wavelengths. Now, the Pats, to me, are interesting because, as Jeff alluded to, there's half of, of Twitter in the world that screams that they've played nobody, that they're not really that good, which kills me. They're trying to go to their fourth straight Super Bowl. And then <laughs> there's the other side of Twitter that I feel is a more nuanced, maybe the, a little bit of the smarter side, where it's just, look, yeah, they're playing nobody. There's no arguing that. 
but they are demolishing these teams. I mean, this isn't like they're winning like 10-9 here. Now, I think the Pats trading a second-round pick for Sanu is interesting because Mohamed Sanu, I don't think many people in the NFL believe he's worth a second-round pick, even a late second. I think most people thought maybe a mid-third or a fourth. The Pats know they have to get better offensively yeah. because come the playoffs, they're probably going to see Kansas City. I know everybody's talking about Indianapolis and Baltimore. Look, let's be real. If you had to bet a million dollars on who the Pats are playing in the AFC title game, if Mahomes is healthy, they're seeing Kansas City. Correct. And I think they know they need to score points because they're not going to hold the Chiefs to 10 points. So that tells me all I need to know. Belichick knows he's got a great defense. That cover zero blitz is ridiculous. Nobody's figured it out yet. We'll see how that goes. There's a lot of season. There's a lot of tape to be had. And the NFC, I'm with Jeff all the way. I think the Saints and Packers are the two best teams. I respect what the Niners have done. Garoppolo's the elephant in the room for me. He has not been great. He's been average. Maybe he gets better as the year goes on. But right now, he's not Rodgers. He's not Breeze. And so I, I see the same. To me, it's the Pats and the Chiefs when the Chiefs are healthy in the AFC. And it's the Packers and the Saints in the NFC. I thought the trade from Muhammad Sanu was the Patriots confirming what everyone is saying. That, look, yes, you're not playing anyone. And when it comes time to take the whole thing you can't just simply rely on that defense but Jeff is this the best Pats defense that you've seen in the Brady Belichick era is that too tall of a comment I think it is and it's one of those defenses doesn't really have you know a, a, a like Hall of Fame player right we've seen all the really great defenses have those guys and maybe Stephon Gilmore eventually becomes that guy I mean he's still pretty young but they do it because they have multiple parts that can do sort of the same thing so you know take out Basically, their corners and one of their safeties. The rest of the eight guys can blitz. They can drop in coverage. They can twist. They can come this way, that way, drop here, drop. They can do so many different things. And Belichick has always wanted a multiple defense. I recall when I played them all the way back in 2015, we didn't know what we were going to see. We prepared for three different defenses, and they did the third of the three that we thought we were going to see. Like, for example, one more example, they played the Browns on Sunday. They're going to run a different defense. They're not going to cover zero the Browns as much because they have Odell and Jarvis. Can't really cover zero those guys. So each and every week they're different and they're multiple, which I think makes them unique compared to the other teams who I think just kind of mauled you because they had dudes at Hall of Fame caliber players. They don't have that now. They have the Hall of Fame caliber coach, obviously, who's coaching them up. So I think this defense is playing the best they've had. Might not have the best players, but they're playing best as a unit. Well, and that... I agree because I think that that early the, the first dynasty, so to speak, of their of their two, which is incredible yeah. to say, but you know that team had Bruski and McGinnis and Seymour and Law and Malloy and, and Samuel. Harrison, and then, yeah, and Harrison, of course, right. So those teams, you know, Will Fork even for part of it. So those teams yeah. were more loaded in terms of talent. I mean, those teams of you know, Vrabels on those teams. Those teams were massive. This team is not that. I mean, like you see, like it's Gilmore. It's Dunta Hightower and Jamie Collins, you know, but it's not none of those guys other than Gilmore are all pros. They're they're not that level of player at this point, but right. it's such a great system. And I I'm curious to see. They have covered zero the daylights. And for anyone who doesn't know what that means, that just means that they're basically blitzing everybody who's not man on man. So it's it there's no safety help. And they are just aggressively coming after you with more than you can block. The Jets, see, I was shocked in Monday Night Football, and I shouldn't have been because it's Adam Gates, but I was shocked. This is the second time you saw this team. You knew what they were going to do to you, and they had no answer. Now, the one thing I'll say that I think is interesting to think about down the line, Kansas City plays on week 14. 
they will see how they want to play the Chiefs before they play them in the playoffs. That is to the Chiefs' benefit. And that doesn't mean they're going to win either game, but it well, helps. At uh, least, although, although Jeff, you you played, you have thoughts. I, mean, uh, I, I, I just think that if you look at what the Chiefs did, uh, the Patriots did in the AFC Championship game was different than what they did in early in the season, right? I mean, they they double Tyreek Hill Fair. Uh, as much yep. in, in that game. That's and again, that, that's my point about the Pats, right? So, example, you know, we knew in the Super Bowl. The way to stop the Rams was cut was quarters, cover four, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, the corners play the same depth as the safeties, and it's kind of like a, a picket fence across, right? About ten yards across, and it takes away a lot of the crossing routes. Also, the safeties are low enough where they can help in the run game. They're kind of also run supporters, right? So that had been proven at the end of the year. The Lions, the Bears, some of these other teams had had cover four quarters, the Rams to death. The Patriots are a man coverage team. Come the Super Bowl, they're now a quarters team. Like, they can change how they want to change, which yep. is amazing to me. And also, you know, McVay admits, look, I wasn't really as prepared as I, as I would have been, you know, but I, it's just shocking to me. So, to me, the Patriots, I would almost say, especially the Patriots know they have home field advantage, that that game is a tester game to see, hey, what can we get away with if we play them again in a couple of weeks? What, what Can we do something to, to fool them? Maybe we'll play very vanilla this game and then come out in the AFC Championship game with something different. Um, so I view it a little differently. I think that game okay. is going to be, hey, what can we kind of get away with this week? If we win or lose, doesn't matter. I think they'll have home field advantage by then anyways. And the Chiefs, unfortunately, probably lose the next two games uh, without Pat in there. But I think that's going to be more of a tester game for the Patriots. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, Jeff, because that is the question right now. Where are the Chiefs going without Patrick Mahomes? He could play, I don't know, as early as this weekend, and he could be out a month. Uh, you want to be careful with your franchise guy. You don't want to rush him out there. And you are in a situation where you don't necessarily have to win every week. And let's start with you here. Where are the Chiefs right now, and how do they, uh, you know, attack this Mahomes injury yeah. in the best way possible? So I've talked to some people with knowledge of that situation, and basically, you know, we've seen three weeks, six weeks, four weeks. Everything I'm being told from people around that organization are saying, "Look, it really is a, a matter of how well does he do in his rehab." I mean that. They're not putting a timetable on it. They're not putting, oh, it's going to be two weeks. It's going to be four weeks. It's going to be this game we're targeting. They're not looking at any of that. It literally is just day by day, how is Patrick Mahomes progressing? Now, I know they didn't rule him out for this Packers game. I would be absolutely stunned if he plays in this game. I, I think, frankly, it would, be, it would be negligent to play him in this game. You just can't. You're 5-2. and two, They're going to win the division. I mean, let's yeah. be real. They could win eight games win that division. So... That they have a luxury here of saying, all right, look, if we lose this game against the Packers, so what? I mean, we're five and three. We're fine. They still would be very much in play for a two seed, which right now they currently are. I, I think if you're the Chiefs, these next two games, Packers, Vikings, both at Arrowhead, if they somehow split them, they'd be thrilled. Even if they lose them both, after that, you have the Titans and then the Chargers, who are a total train wreck at the moment. I think the Chiefs are going to be very careful. You can't forget, too, he's got a high ankle sprain he's trying to get past. This season for Kansas City is not about October. It's not about November. It's not even about December. They're going to be in January. Everything is about getting healthy and being at optimal performance come January. They don't care if they need to play an extra game or a game on the road. At full strength, they're better than everybody in the AFC anyway, except for New England. It's all about being healthy by the time they they believe they'll see the pass for the second time. I'd even argue it's about being healthy next year and the year after that and the year after that for Kansas City, right? I mean, their team is basically set. They'll pay Pat Mahomes, they'll pay Chris Jones, and their team is set. They'll add in, obviously, draft picks, hopefully on, on the defensive side of the ball, but they're set for the near future. Um, 
I would say that there is no way whatsoever they should play him even if he's sort of remotely close to being healthy. I think they should wait an extra even week for that. Yep. If you look at their schedule and what's needed for Pat Mahomes, your point, Matt, is that they don't need to win these games. It'd be great if they were winning these games, but they don't need to win these games. Um, and so I think that they should let him fully heal. You know, Even if he's ready to play the Vikings, wait one more week and make sure he's really ready to play. I would be utmost caution and only come back when he comes back. Look, go ahead. You want to go one more around? I was just going to say, you know, look, their schedule we went over, but their bye is after that Chargers game. So they have four games, then they have a bye. And maybe it doesn't take that point. Maybe he's fine and ready to play in a couple of weeks. We'll see. It depends on how he does. But after the bye, they play the Raiders at home. They're at New England. They're home to Denver. They're at Chicago. They're they're home to the Chargers. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, let's say it takes 11-5 and five to be a two-seed. Could you split the next four games? I mean, could you win with Matt Moore against the Titans and the Chargers? You probably can, right? Like, yeah. I don't think anybody would say that's out of the question. I'm not saying it's probable, but it's certainly possible. So if you're Kansas City, I think it also depends, like, how do they play with Matt Moore? If they're yeah. playing okay, I think it gives you credence to go, look, you know, why don't you take an extra week? Why don't we get you to the bye week? I, I think that all factors in. Do you lie? Well, their, their ahead, defense yeah. is going to be a big factor here, and they're going to have oh, to run the ball sure. better than they have. And, look, their defense – I don't see them playing as well as they did against the Broncos, especially with these two offenses coming in now. So even even with Matt Moore maybe playing well, you know the defense could lose. That. I mean, look, Matt, the Vikings are going to come in there. They're going to run. They're going to run the football and they're going to plash on the Chiefs to death. Yes, I mean, they unless will. The weather's bad or something's going on. I mean, there's the Chiefs. Even if Pat Mahomes is in that game, I'm not sure I'd feel great about them beating the Vikings. Um, and so yes, it obviously depends how the, how the next two games go. But the offense can be good. And the team still lose, and which is, I think, very plausible. Again, I, I know it's hard to think about next year now, but I don't think the Chiefs are being the Patriots anyways in the playoffs. It was my prediction all season long. And I'm not sure, obviously, in the building how they feel about this. Obviously, you know, the windows in the NFL are very small. But even if they feel a tiny bit like, hey, maybe this is not our year, I'd just be very cautious bringing him back. You mentioned Matt, the other injuries he's had. Get Eric Fisher back. Yep. Get Wiley back. Like just make sure he's 100% ready to go because he can keep you know they can keep popping in and out his knee gotta wear a heavy brace just make sure he's your he's your future. Let, let's look at uh, Sunday night on the other side of the field and take a peek at the MVP race here. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay gonna be rolling into town and then I don't remember exactly but I'm pretty certain last week we were talking about this guy Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and both of you guys screamed at me that they had no chance against Seattle and then they go in there and win. I'm just asking you about the MVP race, and Lamar's got to be somewhere around there. So what, what do we think about Rodgers and the Packers and, and Rodgers eventually? I don't know. There's, he's got, we got a, we got a Russell Wilson lurking as well. Who do you like in the MVP race here right now, Jeff? Mark, so you watched the game on Sunday, the, the Ravens and the Seahawks. Right? Yeah. You saw Twitter going crazy. Uh, I know you watched the game, so this answer is very easy for you to answer. I think it is. So according to Twitter, you would think the Ravens had scored 50 points in offense, right? And they had like – 7,000 yards, and they had done this. You know how many points they scored on offense? How many points, Jeff? 16 points on offense. The Cincinnati Bengals, by the way, had a better game in Seattle offensively than did the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just, I mean, look, I know facts aren't important now. It's how you feel, and it's how you feel. Yeah. And that's more important than, than facts. Emotion. The offense did not play terribly great in this game. They scored twice on defense, and that was obviously the margin uh, that ended up costing Seattle the game. So all that being said, though, 
the MVP award is value, right? And Lamar Jackson is extremely valuable to the Ravens. He is their offense. He should be in the MVP talk because he's their entire what they do, right? He runs the ball. He's got 87 rushing attempts. I looked this up because former player Trey Essek, he, he tweeted me and said, hey, look at all these, these quarterbacks that quote-unquote run the football, you know, and have had playoff success. I looked him up. Lamar Jackson, through seven games, has had almost as many rushing attempts as most of these guys have had in a single season. Right? It's, it's unprecedented what he's doing. And he gets the Patriots soon, the Bills soon, the Texans soon, the Steelers again soon, the Browns, who they have trouble with yep. again soon, the Jets soon. Like We're going to have a different idea about Lamar Jackson, I think, in a couple weeks. Nonetheless, he's up in the MVP. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hockey deserves that. But to me, Rogers probably right now. And look, I think Wilson, when we're all said and done, will be back up in this conversation. So I'm not going to be a reaction guy. Uh, I said Russell Wilson. In fact, I wrote it as well last week. He's going to be the MVP of the league, in my opinion. I still think he's going to be. Like it's one game. He didn't have a good game. Fine. So be it. I still think he's the MVP. If I had to, if I had to rank him, I'd go Wilson right now. I'd go Rogers after that. Rogers had a, just an obscene game, by the way. I, watching that live, my God, the Raiders. They should have just jammed a white flag into the 50-yard line at halftime and been done with it. That was unbelievable. If they had to keep scoring, he would have scored 60-some-odd points in that game. The Raiders couldn't do anything. And by the way, take a note, Oakland, next time, you see if see Aaron Rodgers, they may never again, who knows, they probably won't see him in four years, but my God, maybe bring more than four occasionally. You have no shot if you don't get pressure. McCaffrey's got to be in the mix, though, as well, getting back to the MVP conversation. Um, look, Lamar Jackson to me... I know I'm going to be branded like a hater and all that. I, he was nine of twenty in the game. Join the club, buddy. I mean, I'm sorry. Look, did you you're see? Not, did you're you not see the runs? Winning. Like, yes. I, he's listen. Elite. He's, Murder him. Elite. Uh, you know, it, but the same people who scream on top of the table about Lamar Jackson, the same people think Michael Vick should be in the Hall of Fame, right? Like Michael Vick was an unbelievable athlete. He was a weapon. He had to be accounted for on every snap. He put a ton of pressure on the defense in ways no other quarterback ever has. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's not a really good football player. What I'm saying is, is I'm telling you right now, when they play good teams and they go into the playoffs, teams are going to say, you're not beating us running the ball. Throw it. Do anything you've got to do. I guarantee you against New England, you think he's running for 150 yards and beating that team? No. They will put a picket fence up and go, go ahead. Beat us with Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed all day. He is a good player and he's a fascinating athlete and he's fun to watch but is he a player on the level of Wilson and Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady and Breeze no he's not sorry it's the anti-fun crew right now that I'm dealing with right here but I appreciate it that's that's fine I got it some of the the run where he almost went out of bounds and then busted back to the middle there's nobody in the NFL that could have done that play other than Lamar Jackson he's amazing that's that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying He's not a good thrower of the ball. I, he's, 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 he's a terrible thrower he's not, of the ball. He's not, but he is, uh, I would say that's trending in a positive direction. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's the two-time Pro Bowler and coming off a big win as the Cowboys routed the Philadelphia Eagles. And he 
made some headlines this week. Demarcus Lawrence with us on behalf of Snickers today. I know you're tired of talking about this, Demarcus, but I think that Doug Peterson might have been your Snickers bar last week. That dude... And maybe for the whole team. That was a, that was a beautiful little sidebar to last uh, week's entertainment with the Cowboys rounding the Eagles. What do you think? Uh, yeah, man. I just think, you know, the fans needed to see the hunger side come out of me uh, once again. And, you know, I'm just grateful um, to be in this position and um, just let a man know when it's time to shut up. <laughs> you absolutely did that. Uh, it seems like, you know, even though you, the hunger side came out, you're always hungry, Demarcus. You 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 want more. One sack is not enough for you. It's like you could have a couple bars of Snickers in, in a day and keep yourself rolling. Absolutely, man. You know I'm I'm a big guy myself, and uh, you know I need a you know king size Snicker, uh, <laughs> you know to, to feel this um, hunger inside me. But um, I don't I don't even think you know just one Snicker can feel this hunger. Huh? I might need a pool full of snickers uh, i mean it's such a delicious delicious candy bar who who, who wouldn't want to pull a snickers bars so wh- where's this cowboys team at right now demarcus you guys have ridden a little bit of a roller coaster but uh i, I would call that certainly an, an early season statement win uh at, at least in the division how are how are you looking at it so yeah i'm looking at it as a wake-up call uh, you know we understood uh where where our season was going if we didn't uh wake up and win this game and uh, where it can be headed now. So it, it was really a wake-up call on um, just getting back on our fundamentals and stop being ourselves. Are you looking at the Cowboys, your team? I'm sure you are, but a lot of people are saying that, hey, this team, if they live up to their potential, they should be in the Super Bowl. What do you think of that? Yeah, I was just about to stop you. I was, I was going to say um, you already know how I'm thinking about my squad. So right. um, that, that question is ir- irrelevant, uh, but – yeah, man, uh, we can. Uh, we can be elite. We can be dominant. And um, that's our main focus week in and week out on, you know, making sure uh, we're going into the game uh, with that mindset and, and handling our business like we're supposed to. If, if you were going to try to maybe put your thumb on one thing that you guys need to do better going forward, what would you say? Stay hungry for 60 minutes straight. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so what's it like for you now? You you had to play with the franchise tag, and it looked like that you, that was maybe going to be the case again. But now you got the the, the big paper. Has that added mm-hmm. anything? Does that change anything for you? I mean, there's a certain pressure that comes along with making that money that people expect, you know, consistent performance. But you've always been a guy that's wanted to perform regardless of anything. But there there is a little bit difference once you're you know that you're financially secured to that level. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh... You know, with the franchise tag, um, it, it helps you play more freely because now you're on a one-year deal and, uh, you know, just by playing that year decides your fate on if you're going to be there with that team or perhaps with another team. So uh, the franchise tag can't help you play, play freely, but, you know, once you get the big bucks, uh, you know, uh, with much is given, much is required. So. Um, the fans uh, require more more from you. They think you're supposed to, you know, just sign anything or, you know, be this person that you're not. Um, the, the company um, that you're working for, um, they want more from you because they're paying you more now. So, um, and also, you know, your teammates look at you different also. So um, it, it, it's a huge responsibility. And um, it's all about, you know, making sure that when this, that time comes, you're, you're ready for it. And, you know, stay ready for it because you'll never know when it might end. Were you ready for it or just like, whoa, this is a little bit of an adjustment that I that I got to make? 
Oh yeah, most definitely. I was not ready for it. Um, you know, just piggybacking off of my my um last off season. Um, I just came out of surgery. Now I got all this money in my account. People's calling me. I got kids at home that I have to, you know, make sure are up to par and up to date on their their schooling and stuff. So, um, and also I'm just a newlywed uh, married man. So all this happened in this off season where, you know, I have big shoes to fill, uh, understand my game plan as a family man and, you know, making sure my family is taken care of and also making sure, you know, Jerry ain't give me this money uh, for nothing. So <laughs> it, it, it was a lot, but um, I feel like, uh, you know, the Lord don't show me a, a way to, to keep a grasp on it. And uh, I'm here now and I'm, I ain't going to never look back. Yeah, and I think people from the outside look at it like, what do you mean? You've got all this dough, you've got it completely made, but you, you still, at the end of the day, you you want to sleep well knowing that you're living up to it. And yeah, people are coming at you le- left and right, and uh, you know, who want things, who expect things. How, how, how have you, I guess, built your support network, Demarcus, where you, you, know, you feel comfortable with who's around you? Uh, well, I, I build support. I know this is going to sound crazy, but... Um, you know, with everybody out there um, talking about, you know, oh, D-Law should be better, D-Law should do this. Like, I build support off of hate. And uh, I love being uncomfortable. And and that's just how my life is. Uh, I'm just comfortable being uncomfortable. And, you know, just by all those haters out there, uh, give me more reasons to, you know, live up to my dreams. Uh, I just say, just please, you know, keep bringing the hate so I can keep uh, – carrying down y'all franchises see that that's turning a negative into a positive i love it you got a lot of hate for not signing an autograph for a a young giants fan i loved it like look you're not on the team there's a million guy kids that want an autograph i I thought that was a win right there that's how i saw it but you but they they went at you yeah uh just like i said uh you know with the fans with much given and much is required and you know, they, they think I'm supposed to change my personality or who I am, you know, um, just because a, a young fellow kid comes up to me and wants to autograph. Like, you know, sometimes I have to, you know, tell kids, no, I'm sorry, um, not today or get the right jersey, son. It really <laughs> doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> what you what you tell them. They just got to understand um, every day is not the day for autographs. And, you know, some people give autographs when they want to. Some people sign them even though um, they don't want to, but that that's not me. Um, you know, one thing I, I heard is if, you, if you're if doing something and it's not from the heart, um, then you lie to yourself and you lie to everybody, and that's a sin. So uh, I'm not going to do something unless I'm doing it for real, that, and that's why I'm a hot boy. Well, you grew up in a super small town, DeMarcus. Did, did an athlete ever turn you down when you were a kid? Were you around professional athletes at all? I'm assuming probably not, but uh, for the record, yeah. what, what would, were you or were you not? Uh, well, the thing is, I'm um, growing up where I'm from. Um, most of the athletes uh, was family members. So, uh, like my cousin, um, he was an athlete. His name was Marcus Lawrence. Um, he got drafted by the Giants uh, back in 2004, I believe. Um, another cousin, Troy Williamson. Um, so it, it was really all about, um, you know, following their footsteps instead of you know trying to ask them for their autographs. <laughs> um, coming from a small town, it's all always about you know, outdoing the next man instead of, you know, trying to be like the next man. So um, that that really gave me that mindset of not wanting nothing from nobody and going out there and taking it if I want it. 
Well, and for people that don't know, you, you, your parents raised you that right that way, correct? I mean, your your dad be out there, and, and he be maybe would have the, the the motorized lawnmower, and he would hand you, hey, there's the push, Demarcus. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna learn how to uh, handle yourself, and we're not giving you anything. Is that is that fair? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I preach to my dad uh, every time I get a chance to see him. Like, man, you know, without you, you know, I want to understand what this hot boy mentality is about. So. Um, shout out to my pops, um, Tyrone Lawrence, the original hot boy, you know, uh, for showing, you know, showing me this wave and, um, you know, helping us create it. Demarcus, great to talk to you working with Snickers. I'm going to go have a bar myself. And uh, absolutely, you looking forward to seeing the Eagles one more time this year? Absolutely. Hungry, man. Hungry, man. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> talk to you, Demarcus. Appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, Jeff, Kansas City hates you, at least for the moment. These things change. Yeah, so let's play what you said last week that angered Chiefs fans. Look, I know it's a controversial take, but I would take Tyreek. I would trade him for for Jalen Ramsey or Patrick Peterson. The only two guys I'd do it for, I'd go get a defender. You don't have draft picks, so I don't think to give up really, right? Because no one's going to want to take an end of the first round draft pick. So you give him a second, third round. Tyreek Hill. You don't need Tyreek Hill. The offense is fine without him. We saw it all season long. Yeah, he caught a Hail Mary touchdown. I feel like Watkins could have done the same thing or Travis Kelsey or, or Robinson. Right, Someone else could have done that. Get yourself some better players on defense. All right, so that's what you said. I know you're sticking with this, Jeff. Here's one comment. Quote, one of your fans, by the way, a 20-year-old in his prime for a 30-year-old at the end of his, you, Jeff Schwartz, are blind. Anybody that would know anything about sports would know that this is bad. I would say you're crazy in capital letters. That's from your guy, Eddie Cajal. Uh, and then some other people saying, what a dumb idea. Trade Hill for Peterson. Please, you're, The floor is yours. Respond right. away. So I'll try not to burp through this take here. So That was so good. Um, if, you, if you look at, at the advanced numbers for the Chiefs offense, they were totally fine without Tyreek Hill. They were first or second in the NFL when, when he had seven receptions, um, they've been totally fine without him. They've had other options. They, they drafted Hardman to replace him. Their offense is, is not the problem with their team, not one bit. And the reason why fans are so attached to the offense is because it's the only way they're winning. And that's the problem. They only win one way. That doesn't win you very much in the NFL over the long haul. You have to be a balanced team. And I would trade a wide receiver at a position. A wide receiver, by the way, is not a valuable position in the National Football League for a player who is valuable in Patrick Peterson. I know he's older, but the window to win is small. And the reason why it helps the run game, by the way, is if you have him locking down number one wide receiver, then you don't need a safety to, to worry about covering that guy too. Like I don't understand why this is so hard for people that are so attached to signing objects in Tyreek Hill. He's done a great job. I get it. But he's not needed for this offense to be great. What needs to be great in this offense is Pat Mahomes being healthy. That's what they need. And they have other wide receiving options. And and last comment on this, Matt, is that the number one player outside of Pat Mahomes who's important to this offense is Travis freaking Kelsey. It's not Tyreek Hill. That's true. Uh, Listen, I'll say this. I did not agree with the Hill for Peterson thing because of a few reasons. One is I think Hill stretches vertically better than anybody in the league, and I think that matters when you have Mahomes. You can throw the ball out of the gym. But the biggest reason 
is because they're cutting Sammy Watkins after this year. Okay, they, they, that's happening. Like they could save fourteen million dollars next year. He's gone. He never plays. He's talented as all get out, but he never's on the field. And I think they're looking at a Hill Hardman receiving duo, and they'll fill in with a veteran or so as the third receiver alongside Kelsey. That being said, I do agree one thing very much so with Jeff on this. The Chiefs only can win one way. And when Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms you can only win one way in the nfl you walk a fine fine line every week now the way the chiefs win is with a demigodic quarterback and in the nfl today that is the best way to win if you have to win one way because the rules are slanted that way you can take advantage of our teams but i think if you're brett veach right now you need to be trying to move heaven and earth to get somebody else in this defense so they played better against denver but that's denver's joe flacco i am very curious to see if they can play reasonably well against the Packers and against the Vikings, we will see. Their run defense is their biggest problem, but to speak to Jeff's point, I'll end it here. If you have a great corner, well, guess what? You can put another guy in the box now. You strengthen two areas at once. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm calling the Dolphins about Xavion Howard, and I'm not going to stop calling until I get a pretty good response back. Fair enough. Let's... uh... Let's move on, team. Good job defending yourself, Jeff, by the way. I think, uh, Thank you. Appreciate I think, it. I think Kansas City perhaps loves you again. It's time to place your bets. Let's do place your bets, which is uh, brought to us by our, our great partner, the Action Network, as we look ahead to week eight here. And we'll start with Thursday night football, numbers courtesy of the Action Network. The Redskins, ouch, are at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is a 16-point favorite at home as the Vikings are playing some great football, but that seems a little bit high. And still, 61% of the money is going on Minnesota. Over-under on this is 42. Jeff, place your bets. Vikings and the Redskins. So the bet I'm going to place, and this is not obviously out yet, I don't think, is I, I will take the Redskins under whatever their point total is. Probably like 10.5, somewhere around that. That feels like the best bet to do, but... I'm taking a side here. It's the Vikings. I'm not. I'm not laying point. I, I'd rather just swallow some points uh, than than grab some with the with the Redskins. I'm not betting on the Redskins. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to break some news here on Stack in the Box. Uh, the Redskins suck. Okay, like <laughs> absolutely full on tire fire suck. You couldn't pay me enough to bet on the Redskins in a football game. Okay, I like. They're not beating Minnesota in this game. By the way, this is a Kirk Cousins special all day and half tonight, right? It's a bad team oh, yeah. coming in there. This is the game where Cousins throws for oh, yeah, all day. 450 yards and like four touchdowns. People are going nuts. This is He's been on fire anyway, by the way. He's played very well yeah, the last couple yes. of weeks. This is the quintessential, even without Thielen, who's probably out with a hamstring. This is the game where the Vikings just go absolutely berserk. The, the Redskins are shot to hell. They, they, the coach is fired. The quarterback plays awful. 
Give me the Vikings to cover. This line could be 20, and I take the Vikings to cover. By the way, if you took the Redskins last week, you had 10.5 points, and you won. You did beat the 49ers, just for the record. The, mon- the monsoon covered. The monsoon <laughs> did cover, but hey, that, that was a bet that did come in if you were betting on Washington, just for the record. And to your guys' point, the Redskins made Mitchell Trubisky look like a capable quarterback, so there's, there's that. Let's move on to the Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta is at home, struggling Atlanta. The Seahawks are only a 3.5-point favorite on the road, which uh, is putting 83% of the money on Seattle, which is when you want to go the other way, team. The over-under is 54. Verderam, you're up. Oh, God. No, the 17% here are lost. Uh, Seattle all day in this guy. I know they're flying cross-country. I, I get all that. I don't care. They're, they're coming off a hideous performance. The Falcons, Matt Ryan may play, but he's banged up at the ankle. They are cooked. They are as cooked as it gets. Quinn is I actually feel bad for Dan Quinn at this point. Like how they've not fired him. It's almost like Arthur Blank is like forcing him to take the walk of shame every week. They, they, they know he's gone. That team has no defense. I expect Seattle to win this game by double digits. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you bet on the Falcons here. They've given up, in my opinion. Um, I'm all over the Seahawks here. I'm not sure. I, I bet this game in real life. I probably will end up doing that. But, yeah, you Seahawks here. Uh, the Falcons have been the cure for every offense that's been ailing all season long. Um, and this continues in this game. Saints are at home with the Cardinals. Number sponsored by the Action Network. The number on this is 48. The Saints are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I would actually argue the Saints are the best team in the NFC right now. You're, you're, roll, you're winning games without Kamara. You're winning games without Drew Brees. Jared Cook didn't play last week. Uh, we may get Brees back this week. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Where are you at here, Jeff? I think it's a tad high, in my opinion. Uh, while the Cardinals have really feasted on a lot of poor teams, um, I think a better number might be, again, not really out yet, I don't think, is the Cardinals. I would take them under their team total. I think they're going to struggle to score points in this game, but the Saints might struggle as well. Look, they've done a good job you know, being able to move the ball certain times, but they haven't been as dynamic as I think the scoreboard would point out at certain times. The defense helped them a lot uh, against the Bears. Uh, I would say that um, I don't really feel comfortable betting anything in this game, but I'd probably take the Cardinals. I would take the Cardinals to cover and the under. Uh, look, I think the Cardinals are a little bit of a fraudulent 3-3-1. and one. As Jeff mentioned, look, they beat the Falcons, the Bengals, and the Giants. Yeah. And by the way, Daniel Jones, my God. Um, but that being said, look, this is in the Superdome, uh, a, a tough place to play no matter what, okay, in, in a very tough spot here. The Saints fans have every reason to be raucous. But I do think the Cardinals can backdoor cover this thing. I think this game could be something like 23 to you know, 15, 23, 16, something like that. So give me the under and give me the Cardinals to cover. I think that line's a little high. If it was seven and a half, I'd probably take New Orleans. But I like the Cardinals here to uh, to win some money for folks. You both are playing the fade on that one. 72% of the money is on the Saints. Let's go Patriots and the Browns. The undefeated, incredible New England Patriots are a 12.5-point favorite at home. And the number here is 46. Verderam, can the Browns keep it close? I'm going to take the under in this game. And I think it's a smart play of every Pats game right now. And I'm going to also say the Browns cover that spread. That is a lot of points. Like, and I, I get it. The Browns have been awful this year. We've been saying it all year on the podcast for a variety of reasons. Baker's been awful. Kitchens has been terrible. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and look, talking to some people in the league, you know, I, I've tried to find out, like, what, what are the Browns? Like, what do they think their issues are? And they basically, my understanding is it's been like, hey, look, you know, the, the fundamentals have just been terrible. We, you can't get off the ground playing the way we've played. So they had a bye week. I would expect they got kind of back to basics. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win this game. I don't think they will. But I think it'll be something like 
twenty to ten, somewhere in there. Twenty, you know, maybe maybe it's it's twenty. I don't know, twenty four to seventeen. I think Cleveland covers. That's a lot of points. Um, I have a habit of not betting against the Patriots, especially when you have a terrible coach and Freddie Kitchens, a poor quarterback right now, Baker Mayfield. Um, I very much think this could be a low-scoring game, but I don't think the Browns score more than 14 points in this game. I think the Patriots are going to cover 28-14, 31-14, somewhere around there. I'll go with the Pats. And for those looking to fade out there, 31% of the money is on the over. So if you want, If you want to fade, then take the over. the over. Well, in this, this one, they don't. 40, Actually, yeah. 46 uh, is the number, so 69% are betting on the under there. Take the over if you're a contrarian. Let's do the Packers and the Chiefs Sunday night football. Everyone is expecting Patrick Mahomes to not play. That's why the Packers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, and people are betting on Green Bay. 76% of the money is on the pack. Jeff, you're up. So, I oh – God, I hate – I hate kind of betting against the Chiefs here, but I don't – I'll tell you what. I would wait till this line closes on Sunday because I think you're going to get – a better number if you're taking the Chiefs. Um, I would just wait and take the Chiefs plus the points. I, I think I, it just something about this feels like it's too easy to take the Packers. You mentioned all the money is going to be in the Packers. Um, I'd wait a couple of days. Maybe the Chiefs get up to five, five and a half, six. Take the Chiefs then. Carl, what's the line on the game? Four and a half, and the the number is 48. 63% okay. of the money on the 48 I, is on the over. I'll say this. I think the Packers are going to win. Um I think the Chiefs are going to cover the spread in this game. They're at home, and it's kind of that classic, like, nobody believes in us kind of game. Like, hey, we lost Mahomes. Yeah. Everybody's writing exactly. us off. This is a classic game where a team that nobody expects to put up a fight in this yep. game is going to come flying out of the gates. Now, I don't exactly. know if they can win. I don't know. Cause, you know, Jeff, you play. I mean, you can speak this a hell of a lot better than I can, but – you know, there's something about, like, I think I think the first half, the first quarter, first half of that game, the Chiefs are going to be flying around the field. Now, if the Packers can kind of stem that tide and get out in front, then I think maybe the Chiefs realize, hey, this is going to be pretty tough without Pat. If Kansas City can somehow get ahead in this game and just get that crowd into it, then I think you've got a ball game. Then I think it's yeah. interesting. So, like, I don't think the Chiefs will win. I, I, I think the Packers will win a close game, but I do think the Chiefs would cover – I would not be shocked if Kansas City won. I'd be surprised because I don't think Matt Moore is going to beat Aaron Rodgers. But would I be shocked? Yeah. No. If it was in Lambeau, I'd be shocked. But I, I think the Chiefs will keep this close, and I think you're going to see a very innovative Andy Reid in this game who's going to be yeah. building around a, a, almost a new laboratory-like uh, approach with Matt Moore. That's so just like I think the Saints and, 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 and uh, Sean Payne have had fun Figuring out an offense, yes. Teddy I think Andy Reid's gonna have fun figuring out an offense for Matt Moore. And I think Matt, your point is pretty good. I didn't say it quite as well, but this is, feels like that game where you you know you kept the Chiefs out. They're a prideful team that come out smoking. I think probably maybe the Chiefs first half might be a better play than the Chiefs full game. My, my question with the Chiefs is, can they stop Rodgers at all in this game? Because if they could even play remotely decently on defense. That have a shot, but I don't know. I mean, the, it's one thing to have a good first drive. Couples, it's another thing to be able to stop him for four quarters. That is a, a tall task for that defense. There's one team I'm fading, by the way. It's the Green Bay Packers. I think that that is going to come crashing down to earth. They played a ton of home games. I, I I just think a lot of things have fallen right for Green Bay early in the year. I think the Saints are a much more complete football team. 
We Probably. Can, story for another day. But uh, let's let's wrap up with Monday Night Football. And it's a doozy. Oh, my God. The Dol- this isn't even football. The Dolphins and the Steelers. Steelers are a 14.5-point favorite, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Uh, and 12%, 88% of the money right now is on the Dolphins to go on the road and cover that number. Uh, the overrunner on this one is 43. Who's fired up for Monday Night Football, Verderam? I am not. That is an atrocity. ESPN should air an apology letter before that game goes on to the broadcast. Like, you know what? I'm taking the under, and I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover it. You know why? Because Fitzy's playing. That's why. And he's going to throw two brutal back-breaking picks at some point in that affair, but he's also going to throw a couple touchdown passes. Look, I'm telling you, one thing for people who may be just honing in on their own team, they didn't watch the games, I had an eye on that Dolphins-Bills game on Sunday because I had a feeling that game was going to be close. I don't know if I said it on this podcast. I know I wrote about it. It was 14-9 Miami, and Miami had first and goal, like the six-yard line. Oh, yeah. And it fits through that brutal pick that I'm talking about. Like, if they go in and score there, Buffalo hates Josh Allen at the moment, okay? But it didn't happen. Give the Bills credit. They drive down the field. The Steelers are going to win the game. But 14 points for the Steelers right now, that's a lot of points. The Dolphins have covered their last two spreads easily. I think they'll do it again. I think we could be running into a game where that, that fits magic, the one thing we love that seems to always spark for a game or two. Now he goes on the road again, and Pittsburgh's a good defense. We could get one of those, like, fits magic four or five interception games. It's a shame. Um, right? Like, you, you feel like that could be a thing that happens. So, nonetheless, so a good gambling tip is that you don't have to bet every game. And this is one you probably shouldn't bet it. If you want to have some action on every game, go find a prop in this game. Like, go find some silly prop to, to you know, the to, to Steelers to win by 7 to 10 points plus 550, whatever. Like, something, some silly prop, some touchdown prop, something. It's a game where just stay away. If I had to pick I, ugh, Steelers, I guess. I don't I don't know. I, so, I, yeah, <laughs> Bowen, here, here's, here's my own prop. Bengals and Dolphins week 16. That's a good one. First off, the two-parter. Are they both winless, and who wins that disaster? Um, so I think they could be both. This is for, like, Tua or Justin Herbert. Like this yeah, is whoever the, the hell's number one. Yeah, whoever the, Which we don't really know yet, and we've got to sort through that. I think they, there's a good chance they're both winless, yes. It's going to be unbelievable. Like, week 16, they're, they're both 0-14. That's phenomenal. Let, let's I, keep- I'm, I'm all in. I, they should flex that to Sunday night. Let's keep our fingers crossed. That'll be the case. I think Cincinnati will have at least one win by then, but we'll see. They're putrid, man. They can't run the ball ball. But, but that's neither here nor there. We move on to the two-time Pro Bowler, the Heisman Trophy winner, now Baltimore Raven. Mark Ingram with us here on Stack in the Box. Mark, good to see you. Congrats on the success of the Ravens so far. How come no one's considering Baltimore for a, you know, a Super Bowl contender here? Look at the, what you guys are doing, but yet I'm not hearing a lot of Ravens talk. What do you think? Hey, man, let it be. Let, let it be, man. You know, we uh, we working in silence. We grinding hard. And, um, you know, they can sleep on us all they want, but they got to deal with us at some point. So we working hard trying to get better, man. Are you comfortable being the second best running back on this team? Because what Lamar's doing right now <laughs> is unbelievable, right? Yeah, he's the man, bro. Uh, he's QB1 for sure, but he could put up running back numbers with his ability to run the ball. So I'm cool with it, man, as long as we keep winning games. And, um, man, he, he's one of the best doing it, man. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing him continue to grow and continue to get better. 
What's his leadership like in the huddle? He's the man, bro. He's, he's always poised. Um, you know, the situation's never too big for him. Uh, everybody in the Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Huddle loves him. Everybody on the team loves him. He's just a good, he's just a, he, he's a great competitor, a fierce competitor, wants to be the best, wants to be great. So um, just his energy in the huddle is is um, contagious and, and um, it's great for us. Is there any one play this year that perhaps stands out? Because he's had a bunch. Man, a whole bunch, man. <laughs> that boy's had so many plays. Some of his scrambles have been insane. Uh, maybe the one versus Casey where he made the guy, uh, he rolled out to the right, made a linebacker, made a spun off the safety, got in the end zone. That's probably the one that stands out to me. Um, but he's had a number of scrambles, a number of throws, a number of plays that's just highlight real material. Yeah, you're working with Call of Duty, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. But do you worry about your QB1? Like, guys like this playing, you know, that free, a lot of times they end up getting nicked. Are, are you concerned about that? Is that? That would be normal, right? No, I'm not concerned about it. He knows that we need him. He knows how important he is. And he knows that we need him to use his legs sometimes. But he knows that we need him to get down and uh, take as minimal hits as possible. So he knows that. And, He's trying to incorporate that in his game every every uh every chance he gets. I see him trying to go to the sideline or, or slide or um, whatever that is. So we need him to use his strengths, but we need him to stay healthy. So we just we just tell him to be smart. That's a tough balance, though, right? Especially when you're super competitive. I mean, Lamar is is he's trying to win. It seems like at all moments. Yeah, he's gonna do whatever it takes. He's gonna put it all on the line. Um, you know, for his team, whatever it takes to win the game. He's going to do it. So he's a fierce competitor and he wants to win. But, you know, we'll always, we'll always just keep reminding him, you know, stay healthy, stay safe, get down. You know, if it's unnecessary, make sure you're not taking hits. Last one on Lamar. Should he be in the MVP conversation? For sure. For sure. And he ain't even playing his best football right now. We ain't even playing our best football now. So he should definitely be in that conversation. And, and as we start getting better and as we start playing better, as a team, you know, he's going to keep putting up better numbers. So I think he should be in that conversation all day. Have you peered ahead to the schedule? I think that, that Patriot team is lurking in a couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. we got them boys Sunday night coming up here in a couple of weeks. So we'll be looking forward to that one. <laughs> Do you feel like a Raven? I mean, you were, you know, obviously in New Orleans for so long, but now you got that different jersey on. How, how's, it, how's it feeling for you? It's been great, man. It's been a blessing. Organization showed me a lot of love. My teammates showed me a lot of love. The city showing me love. So it's been a smooth transition for me and my family. Uh, we're happy to be Ravens. You still checking out what your your old teammates are doing? They're off to a great start this year. Yeah, yeah. They they balling, man. They got pedigree. They got the guys to, you know, have great teams. So that's not surprising. Yeah. So, okay, you're working with Call of Duty today. Modern Warfare is, is being launched on October the 25th. Are you, uh, are you a big uh, Call of Duty guy, Mark Ingram? How, what would you say your talent level is? 
Man, I'm a Call of Duty guy, man. I've been I've been running Call of Duty since like Black Ops back in 08 when I was in college. So um, even the Modern Warfare, man. So I've been I've been running it for a while, man. I I, I, I can I can hold it down, man. I can hold it down with, with, with most people. If you ain't like a pro level type dude getting paid, and I can still probably hang with you. But uh, nah, I love Call of Duty, man. <laughs> How how many hours a week? I know you're a busy guy, but man, maybe more so in the off season you have time for. It, but how many hours a week you think you just sneak in a little Call of Duty? Man, I I gotta have you know I gotta compromise with my wife. Like, you know, she wants to watch shows, and you know I want to spend time with her and the kids. But I'm like, listen, when the new duty drops, I gotta at least minimal. Got I gotta have me an hour. You know what I mean? I gotta have me an hour per night minimum. Then once the hour pops up, I kind of I kind of finagle in thirty more minutes. Somehow, but you know, I need my hour per night, especially when the new duck, when the new Call of Duty drop. Got to get my rank up. Got to get my prestige game up. I love it. You got to you got to unwind. You're you're you know you got a lot on your plate. We got to chill out and we got to have a little fun. And I I, I think that's a yeah. beautiful. The wife's got to understand on this, does she not? Yeah, she understands, man. Everything's got to be even. Everything's got to be you know cordial. So um, you, we get to watch our show, but. We watch our shows that we like to watch at night, but you know, before that, I got to get my Call of Duty in with some of the homies, man. Get online, get my rank up, get on the zombies, get on the multiplayer, get on the campaign mode. You know, I got to get, I got to get my Call of Duty fix, man. Yeah, a couple, couple more on the field, and we'll let you go here, Mark. And great stuff working with Call of Duty today. Uh, did the win over Seattle? Did that elevate the Ravens to a whole nother level? Uh, maybe some confidence in the locker room? I mean, you're going on the road. You're playing against a great team. You're playing the 12s. A lot of people didn't think the Ravens were going to win that football game, and you did. Yeah. Tough, man. Um, you know, they, they're a great team. Well coached. Um, great players. Uh, you know, playoff team. And in order for us to be a playoff team, in order for us to be champions, you have to be able to go on the road in tough environments and beat great teams. And um, we were able to do that. And um, it was a team effort. And, uh, yeah, man, that was big for us. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you a college football question. I know you're paying attention to Bama. Can Tua take him to the to the top this year? What do you think? Of course. That's, is that even a question? Tua definitely could take him, man. We just uh, – everybody got to be on the same page. Everybody got to keep improving, got to keep getting better. Defense got to play good. Offense got to play good. Special teams, coaches. It's a full – it's a full team thing, man. But Tua has the ability, the capability, leadership, everything you need. He could do it, man. So I have faith in Tua. I believe in Tua. Does Nick ever call you? Man, he's busy, man. We talk every now and then when we can. But, you know, if I need to reach out to him, I can get to him quick. You know what I mean? If he need to reach out to me, he can get to me quick. But it ain't just, uh, you know, it ain't just a pick up and call, like, you know, yeah. every week. Right. <laughs> I we need each other. We there. I got it. I got it. Let, let me let me wrap up. I want to rewind back. You know, you you obviously have the football pedigree in your in your in your family. Your dad's making catches in the Super Bowl, all that. Uh, but from what I understand, they tried to get you to not play football. I'm curious how you're looking at that for uh, your little guys coming down the pipe here. Do you do you want do you do you want kids playing football, experiencing everything that you 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 do every week out there taking a pounding? Uh, I love, I love for my my son to play football. Uh, it's just a great game. It's taught me so much valuable lessons about life and just how to be a man. 
and how to treat people and how to work hard and how to overcome adversity. Uh, I love for him to play football, but I love for him to play another sport that makes more money and gets guaranteed money and it doesn't beat his body up as much. So um, he can play football if he wants, but I'm going to try to, you know, steer him in a way where his body doesn't got get beat up, but he can make more money. <laughs> what, what, what are we what are we eyeing here? What's the number one pick if you had to choose? You know, we, do, we, we could do baseball, shortstop, outfield, you know what I mean? Something like that, you know? Yeah. Basketball, I don't know if he's going to have a height, but, you know, we're going to pray for it. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, you know, golf, my dad had me playing golf young. Golf is, uh, you know, make a lot. You can, you can make a good living golf and playing tennis, all that stuff. Soccer, go over there, cross the seas and be a soccer star, little dog, you know. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I just want to be the best at whatever he wants. Right. So if you, had, if you had to rewind back, though, you, you'd still stick in the same lane? I mean, you've had a hell of a career. I mean, you, can't, you can't do better than what you've done in the NFL. But I don't know, maybe you, you look at another thing like, ooh, my body wouldn't feel like this. No, my body feels great, man. I'm blessed. Uh, I'm a firm believer that the Lord covers me and protects me. And uh, I wouldn't change anything, man. I wouldn't change anything. I have no regret. All right. Mark, good to talk to you. Are we going to see the Ravens in the Super Bowl? Hey, Ravens to the Super Bowl, baby. Let's do it. Good work with Call of Duty, too, my friend. Thanks for taking time. Yeah, man. Call of Duty, that game. We're going to be on that thing heavy when it drops. <laughs> We'll see you October 25th. Thanks, Mark. All right, please. It's time for In or Out. We're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts, who I would say is the, maybe the best story in the NFL. Uh, with Andrew Luck retiring, a lot of people wrote the Colts off. I'd say most did. Jacoby Brissett's been phenomenal, and they're sitting up top the AFC South, albeit by a half a game. And I, no, okay, I won't give my opinion quite yet. But the question is, are they the second best team in the AFC Jeff, in or out? All right, this is going to piss a lot of people off. I'm out. They're not the second best team in the AFC. So here's the thing about how we evaluate teams, in my opinion. So we evaluate teams. We look at, obviously, head-to-head matches, but the bigger picture, right? So second best team in the AFC is still the Chiefs. They're the second best team. I know Mahomes is out. not out for long. They're the favorite to meet the Patriots in the Super Bowl right now. No, excuse me, in the NFC Championship game. How about number three? Would you put him? I, I know, I know that. No, I know the Colts beat the Texans. I get it, but there's almost no category the Colts are better than the Texans in in any statistical category. Almost none. In fact, some of them aren't even close. Yards per play are not close. DVOA is not close. Uh, 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 rushing and and passing is not close. Vice versa on defense. I know they won the game. I get it, but I put them still behind the Texans. So Chiefs 2, Texans 3, Colts 4. And I get it, Colts fans, you beat both of them. But guess what? The Raiders beat you. So are the Raiders better than you? No, they're not. So you cannot make the argument to me. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, look, I'm out. And for th- th- to be boring, I guess, on the, po- the same reasons in a lot of ways that Jeff is. Look, I, I still think the Chiefs are the second best team in the conference. And I still think, even with their warts, they're the only team that could go to Foxborough and beat New England. And I, I'm yeah. not saying I'd pick them to, but I think they're the one team in the AFC that New England would say, look, if we don't play well, they, they you know, they could just go nuts yeah. and have a game where they went 45-42 because Mahomes just is brilliant. My I always base it off of this when I'm thinking about, you know, power rankings, best teams, whatever. So we know New England's number one, that's inarguable. 
the rest of these teams, which team would you say has the best shot at getting to Foxborough and giving them a game? And I don't know anybody who would be honest who would say anybody but Kansas City. You think Lamar Jackson's right. going up there and beating them? That's not happening. You oh, think I, like Jacoby Brissett no, I, is a great story? Jacoby Brissett is not going to Foxborough and beating that team. That is just not happening. Like this should be the the question should be who is Bill Belichick afraid of most? And, and it's, it's Kansas City. Like it's Kansas City because of the, of the fifteen. That's it. Yeah. Like it's to me. I respect the hell. Like even even though the Colts beat Kansas City in Arrowhead, and this comes from a place of obviously having followed the Chiefs my whole life and, and kind of knowing that franchise in and out. Look, you think they're really concerned if in the playoffs they had to go to Indianapolis if they if they if Mahomes misses a month and they're like the three oh. seed or something. They're not worried about that. Hell, oh. if I'm Indianapolis, I'd almost rather play them in Arrowhead where it's cold out. You get that yeah. team in a dome, good the last luck. last playoff game there was, was some bad luck, Matt. Let's not well, listen, about. Jeff, you know what? Thank. That's partially on you, Jeff. You did some of that. We, we scored 44 points. Hey, man, that's uh, – in all seriousness, you're not wrong. That defense, was it – oh, God. I can still see Kendrick Lewis just waving to tie, to tie uh, Hilton as he went by. <laughs> How you guys didn't fight the defense after that, I'll never understand. Let's flip, gentlemen, to the NFC and two teams that have disappointed. That would be the Eagles and the Bears. Are Is Philadelphia and is Chicago, are they both done uh, when it comes to making the playoffs in 2019? Varane, we start with you. Uh, the Eagles are not done because that division is a grease fire, and they still get the Cowboys at home. <laughs> so that, that, to me, is the saving grace for Philadelphia. Plus, at some point here, you'd imagine they've got to get healthier. Sean Jackson will come back. Jason Peters come back. Monte Maddox, Ronald Darby. Like you think at some juncture here, and their schedule is a joke. The last five games, you look at who they're playing. They could run the table the last five games without breaking a sweat. So I think they're still involved. The Bears, I do not think, are still involved. And here's why. And I'm sorry, Carl, but here's why. Their schedule the rest of the way is unbelievable. They're at Philly in a couple of weeks. They get a Chargers team this week. That my God, if the Chargers are ever going to summon up some courage, this is it. I don't know if the Chargers have it in them, but if they do, this is going to be the last stand type of game for them. The, the, the Bears play the Chiefs later in the year. They play the Rams. They play the Cowboys. Uh, they play the Packers at Lambeau. They have Minnesota on the road. They do have you? Detroit twice. I, where are they winning? To me, you got to win 10 games in the NFC. Where are they winning seven of those games? That would be unbelievable if they could do that with Trubisky. This is a point in the, in the podcast that i got to ask a question here, Jeff. Verham, do you sit at home at night and just recite everyone's schedule? Is it not unbelievable, Jeff, that he knows every schedule for every team? How is this even possible? It's like he's very, sitting, he's very well prepared. He's just a schedule a schedule savant. Look, like, man, I got like I got Forrest a two, Gump, man, on, straight on, Gump. I drive in from Rockford. Okay, which for anyone who doesn't know Illinois geography, nor should you. I didn't know it until I moved it's here. A two to, hour to drive. This, listen, and by the way, Illinois it's a, it's a cornfield with a city on a lake. But in any event, look. <laughs> so I drive in. Hopefully, my wife doesn't hear that. So I I drive in. It, it takes me on, on this morning to get in here. It took two hours and 15 minutes because of traffic. So, like, yeah. I got all day and half the night to sit there and think about all this crap, which doesn't make me that interesting, except maybe for this hour. We do find you're incredibly interesting. All right, but Jeff, answer the question Are the Eagles and the Bears done in the NFC? Uh, Eagles, probably not. I don't trust them, but the Bears are very done in the NFC. I'll tell you why. Um, and I, by the way, I picked them to not make the playoffs. And Bears fans are very upset with me. It's all, it's really funny how 
I say things and then and then I get I get trashed on on Twitter. At Progressive, you can get 24/7 protection even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. What? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24/7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. But no one ever comes back and says, you know what, Jeff Schwartz, you were right. The Bears were not going to make the playoffs this year, and I owe you a big apology. That's not going to happen. And number one reason was Mr. Bisky, and it's showing now. But number two was a defense stepping back. And it's not really their fault, and I'll tell you why they're stepping back. Defense is a, is a unit of the ball that plays very much off of motion, right? They're emotion-filled players. And when the offense is not playing well, their emotion goes down, right? It, they, they get depressed a little bit because they have to keep going out there and stopping an offense. And that's hard to do, right? On the flip side, when a defense is playing poorly, our job is to score points. We have no problem continuing to score points. Like, that's our job to do. It's easier to do than, I would say, probably play defense. I mean, we know where we're going with the ball. They do not know where we're going with the ball, right? So the emotion of, of the defense is a huge part of the way they play, and right now, they're down on the Bears' offense in general, and they feel like they cannot win a game because our offense cannot help us win. Because defense can only do so much, right? It's, it's expected to allow some points every single week. And so uh, the Bears, to me, are out. They need a new quarterback. You know, Matt Nagy's already sniping at the media now. Khalil Mack's not talking to the press. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there that aren't very good. The Khalil Mack thing is a great point. You're the best player on the team. You answer, don't, some, answer some damn you, questions. You don't get to run out of the locker room when you lose, especially in back-to-back weeks. Stand up, be a man. It's it's pathetic. Uh, yeah, and the quarterback is a huge problem in Chicago and has been, and when the Bears will admit it will be interesting. Uh, they could perhaps get aggressive right now and try to trade for a quarterback. I, I, May- I, I just don't see that happening. Not yet. They've no, they've, they also have limited draft capital. So that's tough too. Would you? It, it, we'll move on in a second here. But if you could get Nick Foles from Jacksonville, you take him if you're Chicago. The, 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 they're not training him. Nick Foles Why not? Is Nick he's, Foles is starting when he goes when he becomes, he's better than Gardner Minshew. But okay, I I don't know I don't know about that. Gardner Minshew's played great football and he's super cheap. I'd be interested in getting out of twenty million. And Nick Foles is now coming off an injury. No, I think Nick Foles is good. I don't think he's I don't think he's Super Bowl Nick Foles good. Um, but are the Bears going to pay? Nick Foles that much money? I mean, the, one of the reasons no, I, why they're building the team they are now is because Trubisky's cheap, and then you lose that option as soon as Nick Foles. And I don't think Nick Foles makes you a Super Bowl winner either. I think that Nick Foles was uniquely positioned with that coaching staff and a fabulous defense, which the Bears yeah. have, but just uniquely positioned in that little situation there. Because, look, if you look at the, the games he played in totality with the Eagles, he really only had two great ones, right, the championship game and the Super Bowl, and then he had one – the following year where he threw for 400 yards. Otherwise, he was just like, okay. And so I don't, I know we're not trading for him. Uh, this is, you have to ride this out this year, draft someone else, pick up Marcus Mariota, or make a trade in the offseason. Oh, um, Mariota, I think, would do better than Trubisky. I, well, that, okay, but that's just uninspiring. <laughs> Let's move on to Phillip Rivers and along the same conversation. Is he done with the Chargers after the season? Verderam, you in or out? You know, I would have been out forever on this, but they are – they are just falling apart. And I just, I just don't know if you're Rivers. So like one thing I've noticed, and Jeff, actually, I'm really interested on in your thoughts on this. So I've seen every Charger snap this year, and Rivers has always had a very unique throwing motion. I mean, he kind of shot puts the ball. So he's yeah. always been that. He's been that since he played at NC State. 
he looks like he is laboring more and more, though, to throw the ball down the field. And I'm not by no means my saying that he's like the reason they're losing. He's not. In fact, he's about the only reason they're not 0-7 right now. But I just wonder with him, it's 38 in December, this team has issues that, to me, are going to preclude them from winning a Super Bowl in his time in, in, yeah. in L.A. I just, they're not as good as the Chiefs. There's no reason no. to think they're going to be as good as the Chiefs in the foreseeable future. Like, you know, to me, I, I just wonder. I don't think he'll play on another team. I just wonder at the end of this year if he says, you know what, I'm going home to my 94 kids <laughs> and my wife, and I'm done. I, I don't think he'll play anywhere else, but I, I'm, I might be a little in on this. I just wonder if he's maybe had enough. I think the Chargers will explore adding a quarterback in the draft, a high-level mm-hmm. quarterback in the draft, but I do think that the way Phillip Rivers and the organization will look at this season is, is oh, shucks, we just had a bunch of injuries. Let's run it back one more year. There's one thing to consider, though. They're moving into that stadium now next mm, season. True. And um, do you want Philip Rivers to open that stadium? As if you're a Chargers fan, you know Philip Rivers. You know that you know what he means to the organization. Or do you want to have you know a, a young draft pick open up? And I don't. I mean, look. Obviously, the young draft pick's exciting and whatnot. But how many fans will he draw to his first game? Uh, I'm not quite sure if that plays a role in this. But I think the Chargers are not going to go kind of full rebuild mode heading into a new stadium. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. Final minute, guys, as we get on out of here, looking ahead to week eight. Give me one game, 30 seconds each, that you're looking forward to the most. Verderam, go ahead. Uh, I am I am really looking forward to that 49ers-Panthers game. Uh, look, the Panthers, they're sticking with Kyle Allen. There was talk that Cam was healthy. Well, is he healthy? Because if he is, then they're rolling with Kyle Allen. If he's not, we see Allen anyway one more week. Hasn't lost a game yet as a starter. I think that's interesting. This might be the best team that the 49ers have faced. In fact, I think it is by a wide margin. And then with the 49ers, can they continue to win? Their schedule's brutal down the stretch. They're probably a playoff team regardless. But if they want to try to win that division, every win right now counts because, boy, it gets rough the second half of the year. Um, I think that's a great game. I think I think Oakland and Houston's a good call. But I'm going with kind of a loser leaves, leaves town game. The Bears and Chargers. Yeah. Whoever loses this game, their season's done. The Bears are three and four. They're not. They're not making the playoffs. The Chargers lose. They're two and six now. They're totally completely done. So lo- loser leave town of two teams who thought they had a chance to do some damage to the playoffs this year. Yeah, and I'll I'll go with the Bills by the way and see if that five and one team can hold form at home with the Eagles, which is interesting. And it does Philly rebound after getting destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys. Great stuff, gentlemen. Let's look ahead to week eight. And, of course, we're with you next Tuesday. Subscribe, tell a friend, give a rating. Stacking the Box coming out every Tuesday afternoon. We will see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.